people that had to try to prepare for him because he, he had unique skills. Just go get the quarterback. I felt sorry for some of those poor tackles that came in and had to go against him because they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. Lights out. Back in the cornerback, it's just like uh, like you like you devastate a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like like you put all the off- offensive players in one bag, and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football. Let's play some football. The pressure is on. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there. Good morning. Welcome into Off the Edge on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thanks to everybody hanging out with us for another hour right here on Tide. We're going to pass off for the Jay Barker Show in just a little bit. Big thanks to Gary Harris, Weaponberry Sanderson, and Martin Houston for setting the table for us today. Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, my friend John Merrifield, and a new friend, Cade, back behind the glass trying to uh, get us all get us all set up and taken care of this morning Welcome into Off the Edge. The Alabama Vintage Hotline is open for business. You can jump in and join us at 205-342-9904. Got several, several topics I want to get into today. I want to get into Eli Holstein. I want to get into NIL. I want to get into Alabama softball and Alabama baseball. Let's start with the baseball just because it is the active sport at the moment. Well, it is inactive. Uh, all eyes are on the SEC network. All eyes are on Hoover uh, as the Hoover Met. It's underwater. Uh, no, no, no! Kentucky and Auburn playing uh, until probably at least about twelve forty-five Central Time, and that is going to jack up the rest of the schedule. Alabama, uh, fortunately, fortunate to get his ball game in yesterday morning. Fortunate to be scheduled in the first slot yesterday. Thank you for for winning two out of three against Arkansas over the weekend to not end up with that twelve seed. Uh, very thankful uh, for my behalf because if they did get that 12 seed, they would have been scheduled in the Auburn slot. 
and we'd still be waiting on an Alabama baseball game. So uh, everything kind of messed up at Hoover right now. But I want to give a lot of, uh, a big shout-out to the Alabama baseball team for its 5-3 to three victory over the Georgia Bulldogs. And I want to give, give a shout-out to Andrew Pinckney, give a shout-out to Caden Rose, you know, uh, Ben Hess, all, all those guys coming out with big games yesterday in, in, in a spot, in a moment where, the, the, let's face it, the program needs it. The program needs to continue to win to get into the NCAA tournament, to get into a regional. Uh, they're probably going to need about another two, two, two victories. Uh, they, they, might, they might get in with just one more victory this week, but they need... But I, I would estimate that they need two more to make their case very strong for the NCAA tournament. Uh, so very, you know, very good job. Alabama coming out yesterday, opening the game, putting three runs on the board right in the first inning, coming out ready to play right there at 10 a.m. despite the rain, uh, getting pushed back 30 minutes, uh, and, and then you know getting getting after it about 10 at 10 a.m. Andrew Pinkney, Caden Rose getting on getting on the board first with uh, getting on getting on the board first after a leadoff double. Andrew Pinkney finding a gap and bringing him right in, and uh, basically from there, Alabama was rolling. Second inning, get, getting two more runs on the board, going five to one, uh, giving up a solo solo home run, but the, uh, to, to the Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama got another half inning in, top of the third inning, and then we were in rain delay for about two hours. So. Uh, I got to give a lot of credit to the Alabama baseball team for staying mentally focused. Now the hitting was basically done for both sides uh, after after the rain delay. Ben Hess doing doing his job for Alabama baseball, striking out ten batters, ten of the thirteen outs that he recorded uh, being strikeouts, so not really letting Georgia get out of the batter's box at any particular particular point. Uh, they did get two more runs on the board thanks to a two-run home run. Uh, I think I believe in the eighth inning. Uh, so uh, to make to make the game a little more cl- a little closer and a little more respectable, one thing Mason I found very interesting was the first two two innings took us uh, an hour to play, uh, eleven to or, uh, ten to about eleven, and then the last six the, the last six seven innings uh, were finished in two hours. So uh, the the pitchers were really dealing. Uh, the bats went cold on both sides. Uh, after the big rain delay so uh you know kudos to alabama for starting off well starting off uh being ready to play in the early morning slot and now we kind of sit back and wait it's gonna be a lot of waiting in in, in hoover this week as the forecast calls for ugly ugly rain uh I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. I'm not going up today. We're sending our friend Kim Rankin. She's going to be covering the game for Tide 100.9. Be following her on Twitter. Her, her Twitter is KMRankin underscore. Yeah, KMRankin underscore. And, of course, we're going to be retweeting that from the Tide 109 account. You can find that on Twitter at Tide 109. We'll also keep you up to date with what the baseball broadcast, what the baseball schedule will be. Uh, we woke up the, this morning thinking that Alabama was going to play roughly 12:30 or so. That has now been moved back to at least 2 p.m. And with uh, with the 12:45 start time for Kentucky and Auburn, that's looking later and later. So uh, you will hear a full Jay Barker show right here on Tide 100.9, and very likely that you'll get Ryan Fowler off the ground uh, for a little bit, and, and, and he'll have. Part, a portion of his show as well 
kind of contention on what happens with the baseball. Does Kentucky can Kentucky and Auburn fly right through it? Uh, you, you know, you can't rush baseball. There's no timer. There's no clock. Uh, will they fly right through it, or uh, or will Alabama be pushed back to you know three thirty, four, four thirty? Somewhere in that range, you you have all that to consider, as well as more rain and more 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 storms in the forecast and in the few uh, up there at Hoover. So it's going to be a very oh, it's going to be a weird day here watching the SEC baseball tournament unfold. Uh, but we'll see if Alabama can can keep it rolling, taking on Arkansas. We know what what Alabama did last weekend against Arkansas. I wonder. I wonder if Arkansas was taking the series that seriously or not. Now, obviously, they were ranked number five in the country and wanting to play for you know national seeding because they are they're obviously in the they're obviously in the uh, the NCAA tournament w- w- without a win here in Hoover. They're in. They're, they're set. Number thirteen in the country now after the Alabama series. Uh, so Alabama, you, you get a fourth crack at Arkansas. You really could have won game one. Uh, you were up in game one, but then uh, the Wu-Pig Suey came back and, and, and took game one here in Tuscaloosa last Thursday. Uh, but Alabama, you I, I mean, give, give Bohannon credit. I know the season has been difficult really since the Tennessee win. Uh, Alabama has fallen on some hard times and hard circumstances just uh, just, just facing the d- difficult SEC. Uh, but, Co- but Coach Bo, getting the guys ready to play, getting the guys after it, uh, winning on Friday, and then winning huge on Saturday, uh, it really felt like in the stadium yesterday at, at Hoover that uh, I thought, oh, the first inning, hitting the ball, seeing the ball, hitting the ball. I thought, oh, this is a carryover from Saturday. This is going to keep going, and, 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 and a great sign that it was. Uh, but unfortunately, the rains came in and slowed things down. Hopefully, ideally, uh, for the Crimson Tide faithful, Alabama can keep the bats going, keep, keep you know, see ball, hit ball, and, uh, you know, have heads up base running. Got to give a lot of credit to Andrew Pinckney for a, a tag up from third base. Oh, man. He he was on third base. Uh, he was on third base. The batter hit it in the foul territory down the third base line. Third baseman. Uh, tracks it and, and catches it, uh, but Andrew Pinkney says, "I'm faster than your arm," and he proved it, beating the throw by about a half a step. And uh, Andrew Pinkney, just what a honestly, what a huge improvement that we've seen out of him. Uh, he, he's always been an amazing athlete. He was an amazing athlete last season, a great fielder last season, absolutely. Uh, but he went from honestly a, a liability at the plate last season to an asset, an extreme asset. So got to give him a, a, a lot of props, Andrew Pinkney, in the growth in his game. Uh, it's been fun to see, you know, the way that his game, the way that his skill set has unfolded. Uh, so we'll see if Alabama can, can get it done against Arkansas today. They did make it into the double elimination portion of the of the SEC tournament. Uh, and that becomes another discussion as well. Should the SEC be running a double elim- elimination tournament with twelve with twelve active teams? Uh, I you know it hasn't always been a problem, but it's certainly a problem to th- this time uh, th- this week with the, with the weather forecast and the amount of games that are scheduled. Uh, and and my, and my take on it is, you've already played a full league season. You've already played a lot of these teams, a lot of these programs three times. Um, so you, you've kind of seen them. You're familiar with them. Uh, single elimination, in my opinion, seems just fine for this point in the season for an SEC tournament title. You know, we've already crowned Tennessee the regular season, the regular season champions. And while Tennessee is very, very, very good and very well, might, likely might win the whole tournament this weekend. 
even if they lose, we all know that Tennessee was the best team in the SEC this season. And Tennessee's going to garner one of the top national seeds in the NCAA tournament and, and go on and, you know, obviously try to make a deep run uh, for the Tennessee Vols. So I don't know if a double elimination tournament, now I know it kind of, suits oh baseball you got to play series is you got to kind of get uh you know one game doesn't isn't a good sample size this that and the other well sec tournament is fine for me i think it's fine to play single elimination one and done you know when when a handful of games gary harris was talking to me about it a little bit on the way out the door today saying you know you give tennessee a double buy you get you give some of the, the you know the top four teams that you look at the, the softball tournament the way that they have it structured you know 12, 11 and 12 play basically early in the in the tournament and they, and they have a, a lot harder road to go uh making the conference regular season very important for seeding for the for, for the conference tournament. Now uh, we'll see if 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 this week kind of motivates motivates the conference office to make some changes to the structure of the tournament. Uh, and then we're, you're looking at you're looking at Oklahoma and Texas on the horizon joining the conference. You might need to readjust and and kind of and, and kind of recalculate uh, the structure of the SEC tournament. Now I love it in Hoover, very awesome. You can drive right up and uh, see the games. The Met. Is, is in my opinion a pretty nice location, a, a fun location to be at. Uh, so nothing wrong with that. It just seems like you got so many games that you're trying to cram into such a short amount of time. We saw we saw Vanderbilt and Ole Miss basically throw in the first pitch at 9:59 because SEC rules say you can't start a game after 10 p.m. So they they get it right after it, uh, 9:58, 9:59, 10 o'clock. And they're up late. Uh, what a, I turned the, I turned that game off in the third inning. Went to bed. Had to had to be up for Martin Houston this morning, and no chance that I was going to stay with it. Now, uh, if I was a if I was a reporter with one of those teams, I absolutely would have. And and you know, I saw a lot of complaints about uh, reporters having to stay around and wait around and this that and the other. And I don't really have any sympathy. Uh, I don't I don't really relate to that. Uh, you know, I was at the ballpark yesterday from about uh, 8.50 to 3, 3.50, 4 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. And I know a lot of my counterparts were there longer doing different job duties and such. Honestly, man, it's not work. It's I could I could be serving tables like I used to be. I could be painting, painting fences. I could be doing all kinds of other jobs than sitting at a ballpark watching Alabama baseball play. And, you know, you got nice clean bathrooms right next to you. You've got snacks, this, that, and the other. It's not really that big a deal. Now, I understand a lot of people make plans, and, and the delays throw kinks into the plans, and so that, that changes things outside of the games. But, uh, you know, it's SEC tournament week. We we kind of understand what it is, what it is. You got to get all the games in. The schedule's gonna be gonna be screwy. Don't complain about it as a journalist. Don't complain about it as someone who's covering covering these games uh, because so many people are doing much more difficult jobs and so many people are doing jobs that uh, you know maybe they're not as happy with. And, uh, and and we get to you know play in the sandbox of the, of media, uh, sports. You know I don't do, I don't cover politics. I don't cover I don't cover you know crime. I don't cover you know those, those sorts of aspects. I don't really cover weather uh, because sports is the sandbox of media, and I like to play in the sandbox and have some fun. Uh, so if you want to talk about baseball, see if they have a chance uh, to compete against Arkansas, or if you th- if you got a suggestion for a different uh, a different structure for the SEC tournament. 
feel free to call us on the Alabama Vintage Hotline at 205-342-9904. I'm going to take our first break right here, Mason. When we come back, I want to talk about Alabama softball. The Crimson Tide seeing six athletes into the transfer portal in less than 48 hours. And speculation that that number may increase before the end of the day today. Now, it depends on how you weigh the scales. Obviously, that's that's bad news. But Alabama softball also getting good news with Montana Faust, Jenna Johnson, Ashley Prang, Allie Shipman, all doubling down saying they're coming back for their next year. So how do you weigh the scales of the Alabama softball news? You put Montana Fouts and company on one side. You put the departures on the other side. How do the scales balance out uh, for head coach Patrick Murphy? We'll get into that on Off the Edge on the other side. This is Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, occasional showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. Some of the storms could be strong. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 63. Not much change tomorrow. Cloudy, rain, and strong thunderstorms likely. The high at 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the podcast center. On Tide100.9.com. Welcome back into Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Joe Gaither sitting in for Jacob Harrison for a little while. Hanging out with you guys. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys in the middle of the day. We talked a little Alabama baseball in the first segment where you're going to set up an Alabama softball discussion. But, of course, the Alabama hotline, Alabama Vintage Hotline, is open for business at 205-342-9904. That's where you find our friend Roland. Roland, good morning. You're off the edge. How are you feeling today, sir? Hey, I'm doing fine, Joe. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Having a good rainy morning t- this morning. Uh, let me ask you, what is wrong with the softball team? I mean, I don't understand some of these players, uh, uh, especially the freshmen, the three, four freshmen. I mean, they got all kind of playing time, and I thought Jen and Lord really come on toward the end of the year, and I thought she's going to be one of the bright stars of the future. And uh, there's got to be some kind of problem there on the softball team, I mean. And Lexi kill for transferring. I mean, I, I don't understand why she'd transfer. I understand why maybe Dora would transfer um, and even the other girl. But them four, I can't understand the transfer on them. them. And and I've talked to Gary uh, a couple of times, and I think Murphy's got to reconstructure this coaching staff. I mean, it's not just my opinion. I've read online, you know, too, uh, he needs to get a pitching coach and all that. And one other question I got is about uh, we could really use her this year. Kebby Sites going to Arkansas. Uh, they said that he didn't have a spot for her. I thought on the COVID, you got an extra year regardless. I mean, 
you could have as many players you want to as long as they went through the COVID year. And yet we let her leave for Arkansas. And, and another point on the hitting coach, she hit, I think I read for she had three home runs in four years with Alabama, and she had 12 or 13 this year with Arkansas. That tells me that that tells me that something's uh, you know got to do with the hitting coach and and these girls to me don't adjust to the game on their hitting. What do you think about all that? Well, let's start with uh, let's start with KB sides if we don't mind. Uh, and, and to to your first to to your point about the COVID year, yes, she was she would have been allowed to stay at Alabama. She would have been allowed another year by NCAA rules. Uh, but from what I understand is that. Patrick Murphy was bringing in such a large freshman class and thought very highly of them and wanted to, you know, there wasn't going to be enough playing time, basically. Basically, he he he, he evaluated the numbers that he was bringing in and kind of uh, kind of counted out the kind of counted KB sides as an odd woman out. And I'm with you on that was a mistake uh, because I loved the energy that KB sides brought to the team. Now, she obviously improved her hitting a, a great deal uh, over at Arkansas. But let's be honest with one another. She was always a great athlete. She was always a upper level defender and she was competent at the plate not 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 uh not not a not a star but competent at the plate uh and, and w- when you look at the when you look at, at the rearview mirror of the season you look you look back you think wow a lot of the struggles that they had maybe halfway through the season you know we were playing a lot of these freshmen and 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 they're very very talented absolutely talented and, and i understand why you play them but one of the problems that i thought you know, as my amateur uh, with my amateur eyes, was maybe this team needs a little more experience out there. Obviously, you bring in Ashley Prangy, you bring in Allie Shipman, and they have experience on the college softball level, but they don't have Alabama experience. They're not used to. Okay, this is what you go through when you're at the capstone. This is what you go through when you're when you're playing for the University of Alabama. I think KB Sides would have been really uh, an asset to that. You know, a local girl from the state of Alabama uh, loved the Crimson Tide. I think she was pretty disappointed and pretty. Uh, uh, upset to not to, to, to basically say your, your time is done here. Now she goes to Arkansas, and you got to give her a lot of credit for w- putting a lot of work into her game. Uh, I think y- yes, she probably got a lot. She probably did get hit, uh, coached up a little bit at the plate, but uh, I also think being dismissed for lack of a better word from Alabama uh, it gave her a lot of motivation to put in a lot of work and improve so those two things kind of combined together to turn in the season that that she's turned in and honestly I'll tell you Roland with with Alabama being out of uh, out of the NCAA tournament I'm pulling for whooping suey I hope she goes all the way to to, to uh Oklahoma City and, and, and acquits herself very well. I, I, I hated to see her go. Um, now let's talk about the transfers, Roland. If you, if you don't mind, you have six going in the portal in in forty eight hours. Uh, and I agree with your assessment on Abby Dore, the catcher. Uh, she kind of got passed over by Allie Shipman, uh, the, the transfer, and she's got two more years left. She go she can go and find greener pastures and find a lot more playing time uh, and probably another high level program. And I think the same thing for Lexi Kilfoyle. Now, Lexi Kilfoyle, the pitcher, I I wonder if she um, – I, I, I wonder if some of it – I mean, this is all a guess. I wonder if some of it is wanting to get out of, get out of Montana Fouts' shadow, doesn't want to be the number two behind Montana Fouts. She can go – Pretty much any high level, high level uh, softball or softball program, and probably be a number one pitcher. Probably be the ace of a staff. And I think that there's a a, a little bit of pride involved there. That I would want if I was as talented as she was. Uh, I think I would want to 
to probably, you know, test myself and see if I can be a number one somewhere. Uh, in addition to that, she faced some injuries this year that really kind of, uh, really kind of hindered her, her progress and hindered, hindered her ability to, to contribute down the stretch. Her father taking to Twitter in the last probably 12 to 12 to 20 hours saying that she will be having surgery, uh, based off her injuries. So she, so she's going to be facing surgery and then will recover and look for a new school as well. And Savannah Woodard, Savannah Woodard, I really liked her in the field. She, she was, you know, she, very, very capable about playing pretty much anywhere in, in the field. Uh, we we kind of remember the dropped, uh, the, 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 one of the dropped, uh, one of the dropped plays in the outfield that kind of went over the wall for, for an unfortunate home run. And again, in the Missouri series. And then she gets pulled off the bench. I, I, I wonder if, 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 I wonder kind of if she, Really was going to be an asset at the plate. I think that she, I think that her in the field was was very talented. But I think moving on might might make sense for Savannah Woodard. Now the other three, Jenna Ward, Dallas Goodnight, Megan Bloodworth, are a huge surprise, a huge surprise, and a huge, uh, you know, pay, uh, it creates a huge po- a hole because these three girls, you know, let's face it, Me- Megan Bloodworth and Dallas Goodnight were starting the uh, opening day. And they played a ton, uh, a, a ton of action this year. Megan Bloodworth was up for SEC Freshman of the Year, and I honestly thought Dallas Goodnight looked like a little mini KB Sides. I thought, oh, that looks like KB Sides as a freshman way back then. I saw uh, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> now it might have just been the blonde hair and playing in the outfield and being an athlete, but I thought they had very similar style games. She was extremely dangerous at the plate in the first part of the season. Now something, something obviously. I'm not, I, something has happened, you know, because uh, you uh, you look at the Montana, you look at the other four girls, the, the four girls who came out yesterday who announced that they're staying, announced that they're returning. All Montana felt leading the way. I'm coming back. I believe in Coach Murphy. He's a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame man. Bury me in Dixie. You know, very, you know, expressing her loyalty. I think... I think you can read into that the, the little subliminal messaging support for Patrick Murphy, um, and, and then Ashley Ashley Shipman, Ashley Shipman, Ashley Prangy, and Jenna Johnson all kind of following her messaging in their social media posts. I think uh, it kind of suggests that. As Gary has said on his program earlier today, I think that there might have been a group of players that was rubbed the wrong way by Patrick Murphy. I don't know that. I'm really trying to find out. I'm really trying to find out more information from either some of the transferees or people inside the program. I'm really trying to search for, you know, because obviously something has happened. Obviously, three freshmen. Yeah. The three freshmen are really good. I mean, they played a lot of ball, so I, I, I just I, I don't understand it. And, you, and and Jenna Lord, right here, Hewitt Trustful native, and you said it in the first part of your call. She had she did come on very strongly towards the tail end of the year, and and, and Murph was complimentary of her in, in the media. So I just don't know. I don't know exactly if uh, I don't I don't know if they. Don't like the numbers that they're that they're looking around and seeing. Uh, Coach Murphy only bringing in three tra- three three uh, three new freshmen for the next year. Uh, th- three three girls in the signing class. Now with six six holes, you're probably going to the transfer portal as well. It's going to be interesting to see how Coach Murphy deals with this. Uh, I have heard the rumblings. I have heard the the complaints of oh, we need to hire a, a hitting coach. 
And honestly, I'm not against that. I think that you know, with the with the with the where the program is at the moment, uh, Gary touched on this as well, and I I, I agree. You know, I, I don't think it's wrong to play small ball at all. I think that you know, in certain situations, you you should be playing small ball. You should just get on base this and the other. But if you look at the trends in baseball, and it's 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 trickled over to softball, these hitters are so talented that. Most of them are just playing for the long ball. Most of them are just playing to put the ball over the fence. And I, I wonder if uh, Co- Coach Murphy is is willing to embrace that 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 style. Uh, I, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just observing the softball program and seeing a very crucial time for our program. Uh, it's something that maybe Coach Murphy hasn't had to deal with a whole lot of turnover. Uh, maybe some turmoil in the program. He's been a, a, a rock as uh, as the head coach of this program. Obviously, uh, his his accolades and accomplishments speak for themselves. But I think we're facing a very crucial time in our program that uh, that Greg Byrne might need to have some meetings with some of these girls that are that are departing. Uh, Wimp and Barry Sanderson suggested that earlier today to kind of find out what some of the reasonings were. Uh, and and why some of the some of the things didn't really didn't really work out the way that the the way that we all well, wanted to. Well, personally, I think the the coaching staff is getting kind of stale, and you know, with Coach Saban, friend or no friend, if it's not getting done, he gets rid of the coach. He, he puts him on his way. And I think that's what Coach Murphy needs to do. He's got to. I know he's loyal to his staff and all that, but sometimes you got to you know you got to do what's best for the program. And you know, I, I like Coach Murphy. I think he's a outstanding coach but you know come the time he's got to do what's best for the program I agree, Roland. Let me ask you. A question. I, I do agree, and, and uh, I, th- I think that bringing in n- new eyes uh, might might really be helpful. Might be helpful to refresh some things. Let me ask you something, Roland. If, if you're weighing uh, the groups on a, on a scale, the six girls go, going out versus the four girls returning, if you had to choose, now M- Martin did this to me earlier earlier this morning, and I had to choose just to, just for the sake. If you had to choose a group to, that you'd rather have, who would you choose? Well, man, it's kind of a hard question. You'd have to choose Montana and, and Shipman, that, them them girls. But you losing three freshmen, I think it's going to be outstanding players. You know, by the time probably next year. I mean, I, I don't know if this uh, applies to softball, but a lot of times, you know, in football and even basketball, the freshmen kind of hit a wall toward a certain time of the year. And I just wonder if that happened to. Some of these girls are, are the coaching from other uh, other teams. Just you know, kind of scouted them and and was making better pitches. And our and our girls didn't make adjustments like they should. That's that's another complaint I got. We don't make adjustments. Things as the game goes on, you see the same thing. I, I think you make a great point when you talk about the freshman wall. You know, we played what sixty three games this year, and you know, high school they play a lot of games, but they don't play sixty something games. Uh, you know, no. a lot of these athletes are playing AAU and travel ball in the summer, uh, and so they are getting a lot of games, but it's not intense like it is you're playing for your school. You know, you travel ball, if you lose, you lose. You're still hanging out with your buddies, and then you know, nobody's getting on Twitter, nobody's Plus getting... you got school going on, <laughs> studies and all that. Exactly. So I do think that that's a great point, and, and that's what, one of the reasons, you know, I go back to uh, asking KB Sides to, you know, find, find a new home. It would have been great to have a, a, another veteran voice saying, this is how you deal with the long season. This is how I deal with it. Or, and, and just kind of keeping the freshness in the, pro, in the program and on the team. I, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously the team – did have some success this year. They, they, they finished number six in the country uh, uh, and then obviously making a regional. 
But there's 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 some question marks. There's some question marks for sure, Roland. Last thought before I'm going to let you, you go. Okay, you know, uh, you know, and what's what's troublesome is that we didn't even face elite pitchers down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanford didn't have elite pitchers, and we still struggle. I mean, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a problem. They're going to have to Murphy going to have to uh, solve during off season. You know, make some tough decisions. I think. I think so too, Roland. It's a very interesting and transitional time for the Alabama softball program. And let me say one last yep. thing. I love I love Kebby's side. She she brought energy. I mean, she was just. I mean, I loved watching her play, and and I never understand why he wouldn't find a place for her. I mean, that that's just mind boggling. She was always a good player, really good player, and brought the energy. I mean, and that's, 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 to me, that's just puzzling. Very but puzzling. Go oh, I agree with you, Roland. I agree. Very puzzling indeed. Have a great day, Roland. Thank you so much for calling us on Thanks, Off the Edge. Jeff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks. That's Roland calling us on Off the Edge, and you can uh, jump in and join us when, in the last handful of minutes if you want to at 205-342-9904. I think we pretty much had the softball discussion that I just set up. Uh, if you had to choose, would you rather have the four girls coming back or the six girls departing? Uh, the scales are very even there. I'm not real sure how those scales tip. Uh, when we come back, let's talk Eli Holstein, Alabama securing its, cl- its class of 2023 quarterback uh, yesterday with the commitment of Eli Holstein. This is, Al- this is off the edge on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Follow Off the Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Welcome back to Off the Edge right here on Tide 100.9. My man Mason Woods firing up the band, getting every, all the phone calls on all on the air. Joe Gaither hanging out for you in place of Jacob Harrison just for a little while today. And uh, we talked Alabama baseball in the first segment. Kudos, you won yesterday. Keep winning. Got to keep winning. We talked about Alabama softball in the last segment with our friend Roland. And uh, I want to talk about Eli Holstein. Alabama securing his uh, class of 2023 quarterback yesterday with a commitment of Eli Holstein. Just a quick reminder, Eli Holstein used to be committed to where? Texas ATM and uh, decommitted from from Texas A&M so, oh, oh, a while back. So it's not like it happened. Re- his decommitment happened recently. Uh, Eli Holstein has been trending towards Alabama over the last several weeks and maybe months or two. Uh, looks like the five A quarterback is uh, settled on the Crimson Tide, and Alabama has its its uh, its its you know its diamond in the class. Uh, it, it basically, the way a lot of recruiting works is you sign, you commit a quarterback, and the quarterback becomes kind of a recruiter, kind of someone who who, who heads up uh, the effort of securing a lot of the other commitments. So Eli Holstein uh, taking on, uh, is going to be taking on that job for the Crimson Tide. Let's head out to our Alabama Vintage hotline and find our friend pat pat good morning you're off the edge how we doing my friend just what we want to talk about yes sir hey, the alabama quarterback that uh wow and did we get a good one that uh uh tell you what a lot of talent evaluators you're gonna see in the next uh the next time that on three and uh the rivals and 24 7 does their next uh listing of where players stand, you're going to see this young man move into 
the top ten for sure, and I really believe the top five. Well, he's got to be a five star by now, Pat. Right? I mean, come on. We've been hearing about his hype for the last couple of months. Why haven't on three twenty four seven rivals all these recruiting services? Why haven't they given this, him his fifth hey, star? Do, do, do you realize he completed sixty five percent of his passes in high school? Now he had five interceptions. But darn, I don't know how good a defenses he was playing against, you know. But, I mean, he could have been playing it, you know, a few times and then get a breakdown on the offensive line, you know, uh, can get hit at the same time you're throwing. There's a number of different things that causes passes to go awry. Well, certainly, Pat, and, and, well and, and you you hit on it right there. He went fifteen and zero in five a five a football, five a uh, public school football in in Louisiana. Fifteen and zero state champion. That, uh, one of the biggest way at a very very top level, and this is not. Oh, he's he's been a uh, starting quarterback. This wasn't his first year to be the starting quarterback down there, and I and I don't care what anybody says. Louisiana has very decent high school football. Oh yeah, because if you decent. know how many players we pulled out of there, uh, I would I wouldn't dare to say that Louisiana or uh, is right there probably. Uh, definitely in the top five in the whole U.S. as far as overall high school football. I agree. Is that pretty much agreeable? Uh, I agree. So you got Texas, Florida, you know, Texas, Florida, California, and, California, and, and, then and after Pennsylvania. That, yeah, Pennsylvania. Then, then after that, you're pretty much arguing between Georgia, Alabama, and, and Louisiana, I think. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, so, I, what, I so what I'm saying, so. They're, they're in the very upper echelon, and to be to play be playing at that kind of level, uh, I think it's absolutely incredible. Uh, hats off to Coach Saban. Again, the GOAT, what an outstanding job. Pat, I got and, a question uh, for hey, you. I got a question for you. Based off yesterday's news, will Eli, will Arch Manning cancel his official visit? No. That, uh, because uh, being able to go to an official visit to Alabama – even Arch Manning likes that on his accolades. <laughs> you're, uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. You know, yesterday, you know, uh, yesterday's news tr- prompted a lot of people to say, oh, here goes Arch Manning. He's going to Texas. It's done. What do you think about that? We're not saying that he's not going to uh, Kirby uh, Smart, but uh, I'm not so sure. I don't see that and until, until Arch sees – What's going to happen at Texas? Hey, you do understand that Texas just got Quinn Evers back from Ohio State that has never played a down in high school. And Quinn Evers was a star in his own right in the high school ranks. Absolutely. Do you not agree? Oh, I do agree. I I, I do agree that uh, that uh, I, th- I think that Quinn Ewers is going to be a pretty fine player at Texas. At least all the hype tells us that he is. Uh, that's <laughs> why. That's why I see Georgia as his landing spot. Number one, and then Georgia over there. There's a tremendous amount. Of course, anywhere Manning goes, oh, there's going to be tremendous. Uh, money to be made, made that way. But the thing about it was, had he wanted to win a championship, he only, there's only two choices for him. That's Georgia and Tuscaloosa. But had he, if he wanted to win a championship. And I, now I realize you think I've got crimson colored glasses on, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you got to understand this. Georgia doesn't have the wide receivers. 
that Alabama's got currently. And well, I don't think uh, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, talking, be... I'm talking currently, but he doesn't play currently. He doesn't play to 2023, and I don't doubt that Arch won't be red-shirted his freshman year, that wherever he goes his freshman year, he doesn't start. Well, Pat, let me ask you, if you were going to the NFL as a quarterback, why in the world would you go to Georgia? Yes, they're going to give you a chance to win a championship. Good. All right. But you're going to be handling the ball off. You're going to be handling the ball off. You know, if you're doing play-action passes, throwing five-yard passes to tight ends, throwing screen passes to running backs, you're not throwing the ball down the field. Watch Jermaine Burton come, come to Alabama. You're not going to showcase your skills at, at Georgia. Showcase, showcase, showcase his skill set, and and Texas is going to throw the ball all over the place with with, with Sarkeesian. That's what I would. That, no, that's why I, no I'd, doubt. I'd go to Texas or I'd go to USC, and I'd I'd, I'd go to one of these programs where these coaches are going to put your. I mean, championship or not, I mean, honestly, to, to to us the fans, championship means a lot. But to these kids, they're trying to. Well, well, no, no. I mean, you got to understand. Hey, that Manning Munch didn't get chances to win very many championships. You're exactly right. You're right on that. No, no titles. And for I mean, no I titles mean, for and, you, and all. Hey, and I and I'll tell you that. Hey, it's still important. Again, we just talked about accolades. It's still important to that group to be the best. And that part, the drive part of it, that part I like. The fact that he didn't send him to a true public school and let him compete at a place like Eli Holstein, uh, that is on the Mannings, uh, you know, uh, because they're going to play with the best of the best when they get to college. Why not play with the best of the best when you're in high school? Why be afraid of that? I don't know if it's. Man, a, I don't know I've if it's got a, a big issue with private school, well, especially well, when you got a top tier athlete. Private school football, I, I agree with you, Pat. But but you got to think about it. Mama and mommy and daddy were probably trying to set him up with private school education, which is probably well. Uh, well, hey, understand uh, this: look, with their kind of money, they can get an education anywhere they want to read. My boys went to. <laughs> well, my, that's my, why they're private hey, school. Hey, my 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 boys went to uh, public school. The majority of the time, hey, and they have multiple degrees. I'm One's sure, an attorney. I'm sure well, one works you're, in the hospital. I'm sure your hey, sons uh, are very educated. Absolutely, there's nothing against the public schools. No, but if you can afford it, I think. I mean, a lot of. I think a lot of people are going to opt to send their children to a private school for the educational well, point. Well, again, but, but, again, but I agree with you. Good, I agree with you. Good public on, schools. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the football side schools, of things. If you're willing to move. Well, uh, great public schools. Sure, but, and, uh, but why would the Mannings be willing to move? They can live wherever they want to well, and well, yeah, go to hey, a good private school. Hey, <laughs> hey, but like, but like, like, last argument on this is that public schools have the money to send the teachers to different kinds of camps and always got somebody coming in to make things better, whereas uh, you have an old retired teacher in a, a private school that has no clue or a young teacher that can't handle Students in the public school, blah, 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 same thing. You do not have the level of education that you can get if the parents are willing to back the children. 
that is my point. Okay, and, that, and I won't and I won't preach no more about that. Uh, I just, I mean, you don't find that very, very, very many places. You don't find that yeah. in public schools very many places. Yes, it's possible. Sure, it's possible, but you don't find it very many places. Yeah. That's why private over, schools. over over Mississippi, uh, they have five level five accredited school districts over in the state of Mississippi, where they have the best of the best. Uh, Clinton being one of them, uh, Tupelo being the other, uh, and then go on down to uh, Ocean Springs. Hey, they got the best of the best. At, uh, but but anyway, enough said about that. At, uh, let's go back. Let's go back to Eli Holstein. What a fantastic job Coach Saban did. Uh, the guy completed sixty five percent of his passes. He uh, uh, that he went to the Elite Eleven, broke every record. That our man to this set. What do you think about that? I'm excited for him. I think that we we got the right quarterback for the class. I'm very excited for him, Pat. I think that uh, he, he looks like the entire you know a whole bag of chips. He looks like he's going to come in and I said it to you this morning, challenge Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow uh, for for playing time, and that's really what what Coach, what Coach Saban's wanting to do is create competition uh, so the cream rises to the top, as our man Macho yep. Man said. That's right. I, I like I like the cream rises to the top. That's right. We shall we, we, we shall soon see. And you know, but what I like about it is that he's getting in early enough to be able to help us. With this recruiting class, be and the rest of the people under, you know, seeing what he's done at the Elite Eleven, this should help us be able to get a couple of elite wide receivers. Absolutely, Pat. Hey, man, I always and appreciate you hanging out a, with the, on the game. Have a blessed day. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. That's have a Pat. Bye, bye. Thank you so much, Pat, for hanging out with us for a little while. And I think that Alabama did. I mean, did get the quarterback that they wanted in the class. Obviously, Arch Manning has the name, but I think that uh, I think that. Um, I think I think, I think the Eli Holstein is going to be the more the more premier quarterback in the class. We're shut. We're, we're starting to wind down on off the edge. Uh, we, we've got a handful of minutes left uh, just to just to close out the day. I want to remind you that Alabama baseball is scheduled to play today at some point. Right now, the schedule uh, that I've been getting is uh, the next update is it going to be at two o'clock for Alabama baseball. Uh, we're going to be we're, we're in a holding pattern for the weather up there in Hoover. We're in a holding pattern. Uh, Kentucky and Auburn are playing at are scheduled to play at twelve forty five, and then Alabama will play Arkansas about thirty thirty five minutes after that. So coming up on Tide one hundred point nine, you're going to hear a full Jay Barker show. No interruptions as as we uh, we had some interruptions yesterday because of uh, Alabama baseball, and that's just the way that is with the SEC tournament. Uh, very, very likely that Ryan Fowler will get his show started, get it off the ground, and if the, everything is holding, everything continues. Okay, look, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a start time for Alabama and Arkansas, 4.15. Oh, my gosh. 4.15 is the updated start time for Alabama and Arkansas, and that's just supposed to be the second game of the day. Florida, Texas A&M, they're flashing it up there. 845 uh, 745 745 and then they'll probably try to get uh, a game in right right at 10 o'clock as well tonight so Kim Rankin gonna get up to to, to, to Birmingham and she's gonna hang out at the Met for a while <laughs> it'll be her, her her first SEC baseball tournament so it'll be a nice little uh, time to you know experience Hoover experience some of the pageantry that goes on at the tournament uh, so yeah, we're going to get out of here for, for the day. Yeah, big thanks to Mason Woods. Big thanks to Roland and Pat for calling in on the Alabama vintage hotline. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. Let me sit in for a little while, uh, taking care of the, this hour. Jay Barker and crew, they're coming up. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. We're going to hear from Roger Hoover. Uh, I believe we're going we're to hear from several other big time guests, uh, uh, 
oh, I can't get out of here. Jacob Harrison would shoot me if I got a, I got out of here without saying it's the 45th anniversary of uh, Star Wars. What is a new A New Hope? Is the is the original Star Wars 45th anniversary of Star Wars? So uh, you know, pop that in the DVR as we're uh, as we're waiting on Alabama baseball. Pop that in for all the rain delay action today. Uh, so big thanks to uh, Mason. Big thanks to, to, to John Muirfield and Kate as well. All the callers. Jay Barker show is coming up next. This is Tide 100.9 on the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, occasional showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. Some of the storms could be strong. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 63. Not much change tomorrow. Cloudy, rain, and strong thunderstorms likely. The high at 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Thank you for listening to 